On this episode of the Aka Education Podcast, Justin speaks with the award-winning beatboxing duo Spider Horse. Chris and Jean talk about their experiences competing in international beatboxing championships and their new self-titled album. Let's get ready. It's time for some Aka Education. It's the Aka Education Hey everybody, Justin Glodish here with episode 26 of the Aka Education Podcast. And this week I have a really sweet treat. They call themselves Spider Horse and they are part of a beatboxing collective called the Beatbox House. Here I have Chris Saliz and Gene Shinazaki of Spider Horse. Gentlemen, welcome to the Aka Education Podcast. Thanks for having hey, us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, if you're not familiar with Spider Horse, they're actually, um, they just released a new album, hip hop, R&B style, some great beats going on there, some great music. And they actually won the 2019 Varsity Vocals Aka Open as the only duo to ever win that. Uh, what was it? $25,000 and, uh, you know, first pr prize at Carnegie Hall. They're also world beatboxing champions along with the other three members of the Beatbox House. Uh, so we're going to be talking beatboxing, uh, the new album, and a lot of great other things today. So I want to start with um, the idea, the whole World Beatboxing Championships. Um, I've never attended one, and I know that the atmosphere can get really, really sweet. So can you just describe what it's like to perform at a World Beatboxing Championship? I'll start with Chris. Mm, uh, well, first of all, Justin, thank you for having us today because this, this is a real treat because um, anytime we get to talk about things that we love to do, it's just a real pleasure. So thanks for having us. Um, secondly, uh, World Beatboxing Championship, it's, it's kind of like, a, it's like what you, especially within the battle realm of, of, of beatboxing or any competitive circuit, any world mm -hmm. competition is like this is it. Like, this is what you strive for in terms of your skill, because like, you're going to be competing with other people. Like it's, you're, you're seeking out other people who love to do what you do so much that mm -hmm. you want to share that with them. You want to share. And right. the, the battle is really an excuse for everybody to get together and kind of share their techniques and share the love of beatboxing. Um, so even though it's a competition, it's like one of the most loving environments where everybody gets together and it's like, oh, check out this new beat that I created. I can't wait to show this on the stage and like crush it. And everybody's super supportive. It's a healthy competition style. And that's just the beatbox scene in general. But like being on stage and being able to share and represent where you're from, I think is a really beautiful honor. Uh, and we got to do that. And it's one of the coolest experiences for sure. That's that's. That's awesome. I love that you you talk about it being a supportive community because mm -hmm. I mean, at least in my own experience with acapella and stuff, it's a supportive community. You want to see everyone succeed. And you know, a while back we had um, we had MC Beats, Megan Costa mm -hmm. on, and uh, Lizzie Ultrasonic Newell, and they talked about their experiences. And it's the same thing. You know, you want to teach new things, you want to learn new things, and just the um, I love how you said the battle is just an excuse for us to get up there and you know and uh, and share our craft. There's like there's no real like animosity. It's just you know for the love 
for the love of beatboxing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so how do, is, is this how you guys actually met through World Beatboxing Championships? Or how did you two end up meeting, uh, Gene? Um, well, I, we met <laughs> uh, we met in 2012. But prior to that, I knew him in, mm. from a YouTube video, a Battle in Toronto. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that was one of the first beatbox videos I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, immediately I kind of fell in love with the idea of beatboxing and I became a fan of Chris. So that was like in 2011 <laughs> and then I trained all year and I went to the 2012 American Beatbox Championships and that's where I met Chris. And I was like, nice, dude, you're amazing. You know, like I was a huge fan, but uh, now we work together. <laughs> that's so cool yeah. that's so cool yeah, yeah. that you get the opportunity to, like you meet someone who you just loved what they do and then all of a sudden a year later you're like dude like i know you like and then now you're working together it's a, that's a cool it's, like full circle kind it, of moment there it, and it's crazy because like once you find that really that thing that you're really passionate about um it tends to do that a lot you start meeting your idols yeah. you know and you be you don't just become friends you become colleagues mm-hmm Right. And it's, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, I mean, I'm going to date myself here. You know, when I was a kid, I used to watch Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Oh, that was one and, of my favorite uh, shows. Right? Yes. I, I, like, I, those, those, those kids struggled with that map. I never understood why they couldn't <laughs> get, like, get anything right. But um, the final season that they had, you know, Jeff Thatcher came in and started you know, vocal percussion for the group. And I had the opportunity to meet him early on in my professional career. And um, him and I became friends. And then like six years ago, I actually did a gig at Carnegie Hall with uh, Deke Sharon and all this acapella stuff. Oh, nice. And Sean Altman, who was in Rockapella, one of the founders of Rockapella, he was there. So I got to, I actually got to do vocal percussion on a song that he sang solo on. So like, like you said, they become your colleagues at one point. And it, it's, it's really cool to see everything come full circle. Now, looking at the beatbox house, you guys like literally have clean house, it seems, year after year, where it's not just you guys winning, you know, world beatbox championships. You got Kenny Urban on here. You got Amit here. You got who else? Napalm. Those guys have all collectively won their own, you know, world beatboxing championships. So what's it like working with those guys um, as a full collective? It's different from how we work together, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Our way is very... Um purposeful and methodical <laughs> it's fair every, that's fair every decision we make musically is for a certain it, purpose it serves a purpose yeah, yeah 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 right but with beatbox house it's it's not meaningless like everything it's hard to explain um we it, it's never forced and it's it's always genuine and organic whatever happens. Mm -hmm. It's like a Bob Ross painting. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Bunch of happy little trees. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, little, little kicks and, and <laughs> I think, um, and this is something that, uh, Jimmy Iovine is somebody I really look up to in terms of what he's going to do in the music industry. Um, something mm -hmm. that he always looked for when he would sign artists is like what made him really strong as a record executive was somebody was when he would say like, the artists should do exactly what they do and you should leave them alone. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and the reason I bring that up is because with Beatbox House, when it comes to us five working together, we have such strong personalities that like the process of creating something that's us as the us five is a very chaotic <laughs> and, and also very beautiful mishmash of yeah, mishmash ideas of, like, and I, creative thought. And, but 
the the part of it that I think is our strong suit is that we continue to build on that authenticity between the five of us because I, I I don't think compromise is a good thing, especially when you come to art, because if you're going to be making art that's meaningful, you should be 110% of yourself. And whenever we're bringing ideas to the table, sometimes those ideas clash with one another, but we'll try them, even if we don't think it's a good idea individually, because like as a group collective, it's, it's a new way of creating things. And I think every band or every like group figures out like if that's what they want to do. You know, if you're trying to cultivate a unique sound, which I think is kind of an unspoken thing between everybody, uh, we want to do something new and innovative, which is kind of why we all connected in the first place. You want to do something that everybody's going to be happy with. And now if that's... It's hard to strike that balance. Yes, exactly. It is, yeah. Because before we make music, you know, that's there's like an idea that's in your head, you know, and... Mm -hmm. There's five of us. Yes. And all our ideas are like that. That song that's in your head is a completely different song. So we're trying to mix all that together and make something cohesive. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a challenge, but yeah. it's always worth it. It's like truly yeah. what democracy yeah. looks like yeah. at work. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, now for the two of you, you know, you say you have a more, you know, you said methodical approach in terms of, of what you do. And, um, you know, I was, I was recently watching your video for full circle and, um, just (laughs) your influences. I'm curious as to, you know, not just beatboxing, but just musically, who are your influences that help you approach the style that you two have created? Um, I mean, Gene and I listen to similar, but also, you know, what what makes us unique is like our influences come through in our style. So I know for me, like my, I'm influenced very much by like a lot of neo soul and like a, a lot of a lot of hip hop. I grew up in New York, like it's just you know the music that I grew up listening to. So definitely a lot right. of Jay Dilla, mm-hmm. a lot of like Swizz Beats and like Busta Rhymes, Missy Elliott, but also <laughs> you know I love John Mayer. And like yeah. Chet Baker and like, um, you know, Bobby McFerrin as just like, I remember watching those early videos and being like, man, I hope to just one day be, have an inkling of that kind of control over, you know, my voice. So all those things put together, and I'm an instrumentalist, you know, that's where, right. for me, that's where I got like a lot of my background. So I studied jazz and like, I love, again, like Chet Baker, John Coltrane, Miles, you know, Mingus. So I think what what's uh, something to note between both of us, we're both instrumentalists and musicians first mm-hmm. before, like, other things. So, well, yeah. And yeah, our ideas are kind of similar mm. when it comes to making mm-hmm. music. That's why we make music together. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think it goes without saying that yeah. you're musicians first. I mean, regardless of, of, of what you end up doing, um, and Gene, I think you were actually a, a drummer to start out with. And yeah, um, wow, you did your you know, research. And <laughs> I, I, I had to, man. I had That's to. Amazing. So, yeah. uh, yes, I was a drummer. So, I mean, That's being a drummer, nice. like, <laughs> did that did that help um, influence like everything that you now create vocally? Um, like, just understanding different rudiments and like the like the thought process on how to create those and whatnot. So. 
<laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I'm that's sure. the, and, that's it was such an easy transfer of knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I mean, it, it directly <laughs> correlates to each other. So it was just a matter because if you're a drummer, you know rhythm, and mm-hmm. you just, all, all I had to do was learn the sounds because the mm-hmm. ideas were there. I think in addition to that, like that's why, you know. Are also like our music education backgrounds were very similar yeah. in that we both mm-hmm. had the the experience of playing in an ensemble, uh, you know, in both That's in true, like yeah. combo setting and then also big band settings. Not not literal mm-hmm. big band, but I mean, like I did a lot of big band. Well, you played in the jazz band, right? I played in jazz band. Yeah, yeah. and then Gene did marching marching band, marching band as well. Line, yeah. So and like I was Sweet. doing like classical music competitions and stuff. Yeah. So like the 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 training there, I think the rigor that comes exactly. with like practice, like that part, I think is was one of the most valuable things. Even though like my teachers didn't know that they were instilling yeah. that at that point, but like now when we work together, it's yeah. like oh, think of it. yeah, that's like like our this our discipline is the same too. Yeah, exactly. And our creative yeah. ideas are the same, so it's like a those things. Whammy. Yeah, they, they work <laughs> nice. together. Yeah, it's good. Because I don't think you could really create a lot of this stuff if you're not willing to explore a lot of that, but also, like, mm-hmm. refine an idea. So let's say we have, like, a rhythm, like, Gene's doing, like, a, like we'll do a lot of bell tone stuff where we'll pass things to one another. Like, if we didn't right. also combine the beatboxing and then do, like, the repetition with metronome and then be able to, like, do that a couple times and work the tempo up and stuff and just do that kind of practice, like, I don't think... Uh, we'd come up with some of the stuff that we do. Right. Awesome. And, um, uh, Gene, you also have a, do you have a production background too? Mm-hmm. Um, basically like recording and stuff. So obviously I'm assuming that helps when it's, uh, you guys are like recording things and you know, you keep everything in house, which is awesome. Um, I wish I had that luxury, <laughs> but, uh, I think that's pretty sweet that you, you're able to, you, you've learned so many different techniques to be able to incorporate into what it is that you do. And, um, you know, Chris, you were talking about education, you know, your, both of your, your educations uh, were very similar. And, you know, talking about just the idea of beatboxing, you guys actually do educational workshops for schools. I mean, I don't know about right now with everything going on, but I mean, can you just describe what um, a, you know, what a spider horse workshop looks like in a school district, uh, trying to really trying to, you know, get more, um, of the younger generation interested in this art form and really kind of, uh, giving them something to, you know, to look at and maybe strive for. Yeah. So a lot of the structuring of the, the workshop kind of, uh, he kind of does it. (laughs) (laughs) He just freestyles it and I'll I'll kind of interject and follow whenever but we we usually start with like a circle song or circle circle singing and um create a whole vibe in the room verse and have everyone just like trust each other (laughs) that's cool and then yeah we'll we'll get into like beatbox techniques and stuff like that afterwards yeah depending on the age and the kind of style because sometimes we'll do we'll 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 vary the workshops depending on 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 the the age on the age and the intent yeah because you know i mean you're an educator you know like if you're your your objective and your aim has to be different depending on what you're trying to accomplish and usually for those workshops it'll be if it's an introductory thing or like a one-time thing we'll do a circle song then we'll do a little performance Mm -hmm. and then 
we'll do some warm-ups and then we'll go into teaching right and then mm-hmm. we'll have some people come up demonstrate once they've gotten to learn teachers will come up because of course duh right? oh the kid the kids love when the teachers come up and and do something right because it's like, like the, the, the engagement stays high because you're like oh my gosh like you've broken that fourth wall between the the students and the teacher and then we do mm-hmm. another performance and then a q a after so it, and that's about like 45 minutes to an hour depending and then the master class style is like we'll have people who have some experience with like in the octopusian vocal percussion or beatboxing like come up and like showcase their stuff their skills and then we'll work on it with them and we'll get as many people through as as possible um that's cool so they're depending on what uh who we're working for and also like what the intent of the the workshop is going to be we kind of uh, change it, but I also make it all up. <laughs> we do. Well, you know what? In all honesty, because you know, I used to do workshops too. What I what I found is like it really depends on, like you said, who your audience is, and and sometimes you have to adapt on the fly. Yes, you know, and that, and I think that's one thing that a lot of educators like over the past 10 months are doing is they're adapting on the fly. You know, there's teachers who have kids in their rooms, but also have kids on their computer at the same time, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's kids who there's teachers who have kids just at home or just in the building. So, and it changes daily. You know, if, if there's a positive case, school shuts down and then you have to adapt again. So, I mean, totally understandable. I mean, I've had those, I've had those moments when I used to, you know, do workshops where I was like, this ain't going to work with this group of kids, Yeah, you know? Exactly. So we're going to have to like figure this out. We're going to have to like totally like, uh, you know, change some stuff up to make sure that it fits. Now, just on a side note, I have a really, uh, I have a question that I, I was always curious about because I've seen it a lot. Did you ever find that teachers, uh, when you select teachers to come up, that they get like embarrassed? Oh yeah, that they got that they got called on. Uh, every time, and then and then the kids like love it. Do you ever like search for that like one teacher to just be like, oh that's that's yes, the guy. they they you know, it's like that's, Oh yeah, it's like that scene in the Water Boy where the where the kicker is like looking for the one guy who he knows is going to drop that onside <laughs> yeah, kick. <exactly>. You know, <laughs> so um, I just I. I used to do that all the time. We always used to embarrass one person and uh, it made for the rest of the day because it made the kids respect you a little bit more. It was like, oh, they made fun of that teacher or whatever. Yeah. So yes, I was just exactly. curious we did the same thing. That's awesome. Now let's talk about the album. Uh, the album is, you know, was released uh, just a few weeks ago and it's uh, self-titled and uh, I listened to it and um, the hip hop influences, just the, 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 the amount of um, different things going on. There's a lot of special guests uh, in, in these songs. Where um, did some of the inspiration come for your album? Are all original works and just, you know, where were these ideas coming from? Um, a lot of places. Yeah. <laughs> Life. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> those songs Life. were all written in different times too. Mm-hmm. And it, right. we're always influenced by different things every day. So Yeah, exactly. But, um, so I first thing, uh, I think St. Gallen is a sick track. I, I just have to say that. Well, thank and then, you. You know, I, I, I literally, I literally wrote them down, you know, St. Gallen's still in love without you. Some of my favorite ones on there. Oh, wow. So um, for, for those of you listening, you got to go listen to spider horses album. It's, it's just really, really good. And so you said that this is, sounds like it's been like years of like labor and, and putting it all together. So what made you guys finally decide, you know what, we need to put something out. 
I mean, I think it was just like the natural progression of where our life lives were going. Just because, like, mm-hmm. we've been working together for a minute, and also, like, Spider Horse, and all, just just so you know, it was like a was like a was like a joke. It's a joke name. It was like a joke name, and then uh-huh. we started winning things, and then we were <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> maybe we should do something with this because this is. We're just trying to take as take the joke as, as far, far as, as possible. possible. <laughs> That's literally the, gotcha. the whole point. Of doing what yeah. we're doing because it's like the name is ridiculous. World championships, Aka Open, Grammys, yep. Grammys. We, like that's the next Nobel the, Peace Prize. Yeah, Nobel Peace Prize would be so sick. If we <laughs> go to the moon. We should perform uh, at the Olympics. Yeah, that'd yeah, be perform at the Olympics. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Anyway, that'd be cool. But um, a lot of the the it's funny because um, the creation of a lot of the tracks, whether it's like, I'm like, hey, check this out. I have this idea. Um, and it's really, uh, or, you know, Gina will be working on some production stuff. Like, Hey, look Gina. at this. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. Let's do this, um, with it. And yeah. just preserving that. And I think this is how it should be when you're making things. You should never force, uh, a thing to come out. Um, but you should have a vision for how you want it to be. And then when you work with somebody, work with them collaborative to like bring it to life. Uh, right and that's kind of a lot of the moments that you hear on the album like each song is so dynamic and different because they just Mm. come from different places and different things that we're going through or wanted people to feel or were old things that we just wanted to put out into the you know the ether (laughs) yeah you know and i think it's important what you just said like these are all songs that like came from from here, you know, it's one of the things I talk about in my general music classes is the idea of like the, the hit factory or the song factory, like what popular music has become today. It's literally all, it's literally wrapped in a neat little package for you. It's all the same structure and a lot of it, you know, and I partially blame Max Martin for this because of all the the hooks that he's written for like Britney and Backstreet Boys and all these, and like even Maroon 5 and just all this stuff, like, it's all formulaic just rhyme schemes and it's, yeah. it's the same thing over and over again. And there's not anything from the heart and not for nothing. I just started blues music, you know, with my students mm. and we talk about how just the visceral, um, the emotions that come from singing the blues and, and getting those thoughts out on paper. So that's one of the things I like about this album is, is that, you know, the, this is like a part of each of you, you know what I mean? Right. And it, it kind of helps tell your story. So, um, like I do like a soundtrack of my life assignment, you know, with my students where, you know, pick your top six songs that describe you and your personality. And a lot of them, they struggle with it because a lot of the music that they listen to doesn't, it's, it's all that basic formulaic pop structure that doesn't really describe much, you know? So that's what a lot of pop music is now. It's like, Oh, I love, I love this song because it's got a good beat. So like, what does it make you feel like music is supposed to make you feel something. And I think this album totally does that. And having, hearing you two say that, I just think it's, it's, it's great to know that it came from, it came from deep within and, you know, it's different parts of your life. You said, so I think that's important for listeners to understand too, is that, you know, music is supposed to do that. It's supposed to come from within. So, yeah. 
Sorry, that was me. Getting, I'm getting off my soapbox now. I just wanted to kind of <laughs> put that out there. Um, so I had a question actually for you guys about just the recording process of recording, you know, your beatboxing. I know that when I watch video of of you guys or any you know beatboxers, there's a lot of like heavy bass that comes out, and there's a lot of like different you know different elements, different sounds that like produce through I'd say different frequencies. So how do you go about recording it? in a studio setting where you don't have to worry about, you know, clipping or feedback or anything like that. How do you get a quality beatbox track laid out in a studio? You should use a certain mic, which is the um, Shure 7B, Shure SM7B. It's like one of those podcast mics. Do you have one right now, actually? Is that what it is? Actually, no, mine is, uh, what is mine? It's not what it's not what you said. But if you want to go like real crazy and just like beatbox, like, like go all out, SM7B would be the way to go. And um, what I would do is have someone beatbox into it, and then I would chop each sound up and put them in, in their own track so that I can mix them individually, like kick, hi hat, and snare. And I'll okay. cut them up separately. So it's very tedious. There's probably a really right. more uh, streamlined way to do it if you use Ableton or something. But I, I use Logic. And uh, yeah, so for the kick, I always add a lot of sub to it. I had highs and mids for the mm-hmm. snare, mid to highs in the snare. And then that kind of usually makes it sound pretty good. Okay. And do you, uh, when you actually, you know, you do like a full out track, do you actually go back and, um, you know, sample different sounds? Like do you record just Mm -hmm. your, a bass, just a kick, just a snare, and then add it to the element to give it more, more flavor, I guess you could say. Awesome. Uh, now before we go, I would love, uh, if you guys would be willing to share, uh, one of your tracks off of your new album. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. And uh, I think we're going with dance is is what we said. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here is a little clip of the song dance uh, from spider horse's album, spider horse. In my element, feeling the decisions that I'm making right now, make sure that I'm never gonna be settling for anything less than whatever I deserve. In the nerve of anybody that's meddling, lessen the importance of their presence here. It's blocking any blessings that be treading in. Cause I just wanna vibe, I just want a really good time. Please don't kill my vibe, please don't kill my high. I just got to level up. Why you think I feel so fly? So rent to some altitudes high, got a feeling in my gut that it's about to be a good year. More change on the way is a good fear. More money got the itch in my hands, feeling rich. My plans, no lie, that just make me wanna dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't even know how, but I still wanna dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might have to grab a friend, share the Chris, Gene, Spider Horse, Beatbox House. Uh, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure to talk with you this week, and uh, thank you so much for joining me on the Aki Education Podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. No problem. We'll be right back. Turn to big lessons, that's great. I had love around me that was fake. I had and welcome back to the Aka Education Podcast. I'm Justin Glodish, here to let you know about a few new things. First, the Aka Education Podcast now has a store online where you can go buy shirts, sweatshirts, and other items. To find more information, go to the link in the episode description. Also, 
for all those groups out there participating in the ICCA and the ICHSA. Best of luck as you're getting your videos ready for submission for the first round. I wish you all the best of luck. Have fun out there. We'll be right back. Episode 26 is done. The first one of February in 2021. Thanks so much to Chris Solis and Gene Shinazaki of Spider Horse, the Beatbox House Collective, for joining me this week talking about their new album, their process behind it, and for sparking interest in beatboxing to a whole new generation. Be sure to check out the links in the episode description for resources from this week's episode. Follow the podcast on social media at AkaEd Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow me, Justin Glodish, at OfficialJGlow on TikTok and Twitter. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're found on Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can also now tune into the podcast on Akaville Radio, akaville.org. If interested in supporting this podcast with a monthly donation, go over to anchor.fm slash podcast to do so. And if you ever have any questions about the podcast, suggestions on future guests, please email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voice message on the Anchor website. From the Aka Education Podcast, I'm Justin Glodish. We'll talk soon.